Welcome to the Upside Podcast, powered by Upside Global and hosted by Julian Blinn, founder and CEO of Upside Global. The Upside Podcast is listened to weekly by over 6,000 sports and tech executives from all sports leagues and teams in the United States and around the world. Julian has been developing technologies for professional sports teams for over 10 years and has worked for major tech companies along with sports tech startups. In each episode, Julian interviews global leaders in sports to share knowledge on emerging technology in the sports industry and how these technologies can help improve the performance of individuals and organizations both on and off the playing field. And now here's your host, Julian Blinn. So today we have the honor to interview Christian Hassler, the Managing Director and Co-Founder of SkillCourt, a leading sports and health tech company. So Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Julian. Good to be no here. No problem. Great, great to have you here. So hey, Chris, what I want to talk to you about today is, of course, we'll talk about your background, uh, as well as your company, SkillCourt, and then we'll talk about your product, uh, how you got the idea, and then we'll, of course, talk about the benefits for the teams and athletes you use. Uh, your product, and then we'll talk about your business model, as well as your plans for the next uh, 12 months. How does it sound? That sounds great. I'm happy to share some insights. Great. So, hey, Chris, what I want you to tell me more about is what is your background uh, for the audience so that they understand? Yeah, that's that's quite easy. So I'm 39 years old, and my professional background is in sports science. Mm -hmm. And I've been a serial sports and health tech entrepreneur for almost 18 years. Mm -hmm. um, all of my companies share actually a common goal, which is to enhance the development of kids, patients, and of course, athletes. And it all began with the Next Level Therapy and Performance Center, which is now one of the most recommended facilities in, in, in Germany, maybe in Europe, mm -hmm. with nearly 60 employees. Um, this journey led to the creation of SkillCourt an IoT product designed to test and train visual, cognitive, and motor skills. Um, so this is what I did. This is what I'm running for and um, helping people to develop and test and train skills. Okay. Um, yeah, we focus in sports, but also for patients and kids. Okay, and your company is based in Germany. So why is your headquarters in Germany? Because um, we founded a company in Germany. Uh, we got all the tech stuff uh, and product development over there. But we also have a U.S. Inc. since about two weeks, and we are up to uh, setting up a U.K. entity as well, because uh, especially in the U.K. and U.S. market, um, it's the, the biggest market fit in terms of sports, medicine, and the military. Um, so we decided to, uh, to focus on the U.S. market, and we already have customers in the U.S., and um, yeah, that, that's know, one of the right? reasons. I mean, like you said, the U.S. is by far. <laughs> maybe the biggest market, right? Everybody wants to work with NBA team, NFL, MLS. I mean, that these are a huge team, right? So uh, now, um, can you tell me a bit more about, so your product, right? What is it called? How does it work? Uh, in, in, you know, can you explain that for us? Yeah, SkillCord is an IoT company. So we provide hard and software um for yeah athletes for testing and training visual cognitive and motor skills uh, the devices uh, we use is a lidar system on the one hand that's actually the huge technology uh, technolo technology um innovation we um, not really invented but we used for this use case yeah. uh, to have real-time measurements uh, in terms of contact time speed change of direction but also visual skills like multiple object tracking saccades cognitive skills like working memory inhibition 
and um, reaction times, for example. And we create software and have scientifically baked visual, cognitive, and motor skill tests, which are reliable and valid, mm -hmm. and the specific training. And we capture movement by using a LiDAR system, yeah. which is known by automatic driving. And yeah. we combine it with markerless motion capturing cameras. Yeah. Um, but the, the scientific proven part is more or less the LiDAR system because every kind of markerless capturing camera, they are not measuring. Cameras are always just taking pictures mm -hmm. and calculating. So it's never 100% accurate. It always has a delay. But with our LiDAR system, we are completely independent from any surface and any size. So we got installations on ice, on basketball courts, on AstroTurf, in like gym surroundings. And um, that is actually the, the huge technology, uh, techno, um, technology part. And the software part is scientific proof tests and trainings um, in terms of visual, cognitive, and motor skills. So if a team wants to buy your system, what do they have to buy? Is that a portable unit? Is that, you said it's hardware. How big is it? How heavy is it? Um, it's just a tower. You need about uh, one by one meter. Mm -hmm. or three foot by three foot um this is the the, the the space you waste and then we are measuring um the the cord which is in front of the tower in front of the lidar but yeah. you don't need any insulation and uh, the main installations are four by four meters or five by five meters mm -hmm. um but we are completely independent uh so most most sold size about 300 to 400 times it's four by four meters because mm -hmm. um, with this size, we are able to do all of the return to play testings. Yeah. Uh, but you still can move properly with ball or without a ball. Um, yeah. For basketball, for example, we have a specific size which is um, which is linked to the three point throwing line. So the performance coaches and basketball holders, okay, we want to have this size nine by thirteen meters. We want to have shooting areas over there, and uh, so we created a specific setup for basketball. That's mm -hmm. a specific setup for ice hockey. And, um, but most installations are always a square. And because we don't waste any, any space, so you don't have to install any contact mats or anything at all. Mm -hmm. You buy the hardware yeah. and we deliver the software. And that's the combination is IoT. And it's, um, it's, not, uh, it's not space consuming. It's not time consuming. And that's a part of our success story to have this... Um, tech part on the one hand and the software and science part of the in, uh, on the other hand yeah so if i take the example of let's say an nba right nba team basketball team do you put your unit on the basketball court like behind the, the basket or what's the setup uh we have both we have it in the performance area where they do their baseline screenings and activation and priming and return to play process so the therapists use the system to assess their rehab process Mm -hmm. And the team is using it to do their baseline testing and for scouting. So they get the data of their farm teams or they combine data with uh, college or university teams. And we have installations directly um, on the court, on mm -hmm. the practice court, because we put stickers on the ground so that the athlete sees where are fields I need to, I need to hit, where I need to run to with mm -hmm. ball or without a ball. Yeah. And in basketball, for example, the LiDAR system is a few meters behind the basket. Mm -hmm. So you can also use a basketball and we have combined drills um, um, and we, we just get the information from performance coaches of basketball 
and they have attack and escape drills and um, partner drills. And um, yeah, this is what we actually do is we, we give visual and cognitive tasks and you have to perform them within movement. Mm-hmm. And that is actually the most important part of our product and of our approach because we fill the last gap of testing and training. Because if you consider what most of the clubs, physiotherapy units, performance centers do is they focus mainly on the motor skill part. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's endurance, strength, coordination, speed, jumping and all this stuff. So the, mot- the motor skill. But if you consider how every single conscious movement looks like, just mm-hmm. the biological order of every single movement, it's always the same. It's always perception first. So we need to receive information. 90% of the external information we receive is visual. Mm-hmm. So visual training is crucial. If you get information too late or wrong, you will have an issue. Second part is cognition. So dealing with this information, like decision-making, having fast and correct decisions. Mm-hmm. And after that, the original motor skill is actually just step number three. So not, there's not, it's not more important. It's just following the order. And science shows very, very, um, very clear that if you have an issue and visual or cognitive skills, you, for example, have a higher risk of getting injured. That's quite Great. easy to understand because, yeah, definitely. Because if you, for example, if you react too late mm-hmm. um, or you get information too late, the only way to compensate this deficit is a higher mechanical load. In the end, maybe you have to run faster or you have yeah. to run longer. So you have an increase in your mechanical load that leads to a higher li- risk of getting injured. Mm-hmm. The, the art of tackling could be different. Uh, if, you, if you consider soccer, mm-hmm. and maybe you have to go down for a tackling, or yeah. you don't hit the ball, you hit the opponent. Uh, the second part that is crucial is we always have 100% capacity, and brain and muscle is sharing this capacity. And just imagine you open up your, your laptop and you're running 10 applications, three for visual skills, three for, for example, cognitive skills, and four yeah. for your motor skill. And this is what they share. So all of the RAM, the performance of the laptop is shared by these 10 applications. And now just imagine what happens to the performance of an athlete if you are able to close one visual application and one cognitive application because you improved your skills. Mm-hmm. At that moment, you have more capacity for your motor skill. So every single athlete will benefit by improving in their visual and cognitive skills because they have more capacity for their motor skill. Mm-hmm. That's a huge part. And a second one is if you, there is a time or a speed accuracy interference. So the faster you are performing, an an action the less accurate it will be um that's that's pretty logical approach Mm -hmm. and now if you get information faster and you have a faster processing and faster decision making you will have more time for your motor skill that will lead to a higher accuracy Mm -hmm. and in a biomechanical point of view a lower risk of getting injured and Uh, A third part is uh, feed-forward information, for example. Um, Feed-forward is often uh, mentioned within intra- and intermuscular um, relationships. So the the muscle should 
do the joint stabilization before the impact comes in a, in a jump or before the landing, for example. But there's also a global um, feed forward. So the more information I receive about my surrounding and maybe I see the tackle coming, mm -hmm. I can do my joint stabilization in general before, or I can avoid a tackle by just jumping or stopping. Um, so the more information an athlete receives faster and more correct, the faster and the more correct decisions are, the higher the motoric, uh, the motor skill output will be that will lead to a higher performance and to a lower risk of getting injured. Yeah. And if you consider how, how ball games or Olympic sports develop, so all of these sports get more and more fast and the bunch of the players, they are pretty in a, I wouldn't say equal level, but on a, on a close level in terms of their motor skills. You have sometimes some, a few outperformers on the upside and a few down, uh, um, outperformers on the downside. Mm -hmm. But most of the players are pretty close in, within their motor skills. The huge difference is very often their perception and cognition, decision-making when they are mm -hmm. tired, decision-making when they got external pressure, yeah. um, decision-making when, uh, when it's within the last five minutes. And um, then the scanning and decision-making abilities are more or less important. And there's a bunch of science. Um, dealing with cognition, cognitive load, and ACL rehab. So this topic is huge, and there has been a huge lag, a huge gap uh, for really integrated, valid, reliable um, visual and cognitive training. And this, we filled this gap and sold about a little bit more than 400 units within the last two and a half years in Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, now we have the market entry into, into the U.S., um, but the topics are pretty much the same. I think within the within the great sports in the US, it's even more even more necessary. Now, yeah, that's great. So now, um, what would you say? Or can you share with us some success stories without being specific about a team, right? Was could you share maybe success stories that shows the impact on you know reaction time or the performance of the athlete? Are you able to share anything like that? Yeah, yes, of course, because we did a bunch of, of studies and we had yeah. the honor to work, for example, with Eintracht Frankfurt because they have in Germany a strong connection to the Goethe University. Yeah. And for us, it's crucial to connect um, the testing and training with in-game performance because mm -hmm. everyone asks us, okay, what, what is the effect on the game? And well, how, I mean, do that's the, very... how do you measure that on the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a, that's a very hard topic. Mm -hmm. uh, because there is no value uh, within the game. So we don't have a metric for visual or cognitive performance. We just measure result-driven. We know uh, how many infights they won, how many headers, how many passes, mm -hmm. steals, rebounds. But we, if you fail within a rebound or passing, we still don't know why, because it's a bunch of skills right. that is needed to do this performance. Um, so what we did, so because we got the in-game data, Mm -hmm. And we got the, the testing and training results uh, on the skill court. We could search for correlations and we had an intervention program and could see, uh, for example, that some of our tests have a higher predictive um, meaning in identifying soccer skills than, for example, LAFRO passing test, Illinois agility tests, or inline runnings. And the data we could take was played minutes, coach's opinion, and threat. Because um, we still have no value for reaction time within the game. There is no metric. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's 
So this is plenty of studies we did also within rehab. Um, so we have lots of clinics, physiotherapy, performance units, and a lot of performance-driven clubs or, or lead teams within Europe. And um, luckily, we could do some studies on that as well. Mm -hmm. um, we could show that um, test, um, our tests and trainings have a higher predictive um, um, meaning on um, player development within youth athletes, for example. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, this is pretty much the most interesting results, but it's a difficult approach. Um, right now, we just applied for the NBA Launchpad, for example, yeah, to sure. do the same studies with basketball because um, mm -hmm. we need this in-game data to find correlations and to prove that if you improve within your visual and cognitive skills, um, you have a positive outcome in the game. So if you I mean, take logical. NBA, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, it's a logical approach. If you, if you just imagine that you can improve your player in terms of they get more information correct and a little bit faster, and they have faster and more correct decisions, that's a pretty much logical approach that that will have a positive effect on the game. But we also want to prove it. So I personally hate exa gaming. I don't want to create anything where people just walk around for fun so everything we do is science bag everything mm -hmm. has a purpose we want to improve skills if we deal with kids if we deal with patients if we deal with elderly people and of course if we deal with athletes or soldiers um, so there is no time for playing around so yeah. they they spend their time they spend some money and then they want to have a positive output and um, that's our our approach we could prove that in in europe and um yeah, so it's okay, so pretty much the most sports the same. That makes sense. Now, um, could you summarize again the use cases of how the teams typically, you mentioned rehabilitation, right? I think you mentioned yeah. maybe scouting, right? How would you summarize the top use cases for the teams, right, listening to this, or how they should use your product today? Uh, so there, there are uh, a few ways. So what they all do is integrate a few tests into their baseline uh, screenings. Mm -hmm. Um, to get an idea of their risk of getting injured. Uh, so pre-injury screenings. Um, the performance coaches integrated sometimes into the team training, but really just sometimes because, for example, Premier League or Bundesliga in soccer, they often play and recover. They don't train that much anymore. Right. Um, what they do is their players use the system completely by themselves because we don't add additional load. That was mm -hmm. one of the main reasons why elite teams work with us because they have the option to improve the skills of their players without adding additional load and without having concerns in terms of their load management. Mm -hmm. And they don't use their stuff all the time. So the player can lock in via palm wing, do their specific training 10, 10 to 15 minutes a week, mm -hmm. if possible twice a week, but if not, at least once a week. And they will have positive effects uh, effects on their visual and cognitive skills. And would they do that um, at home? The, or the training facility, the players, would they do that at home or the training facility? The players, they do that in the facility. Okay. Yeah. And um, a, a second part is the medical department. Um, so they use it as the pre-injury screening, as mentioned, and as a permanent assessment too within their rehab process. So they're using our jumping tests, Y-balance tests, side-top tests, uh, random star runs, where we get information about the average contact time of the left foot in comparison to the right foot with ball, without a ball. And uh, the important part is we add cognitive load 
to exercises and that's all important because if you if you consider training in a gym like doing squats inline lunches and if you if we remind these 10 applications again if you are within the gym maybe you, you need one visual app you need one cognitive app and you have eight applications for your motor skill of course there is no real cognitive load in doing a squat mm -hmm. so we we practice in a surrounding without cognitive load but actually we want to create players in a surrounding where there's a bunch of cognitive load on the pitch on the in within the game mm -hmm. um so adding cognitive load to training and at least to therapy is all important because that mirrors the real life situation a lot more and because if you have less capacity for your motor skill because you need to deal with your visual and cognitive uh, uh, demands it will it will have an effect on your motor skill and that will increase the risk of getting injured so you need to practice it and it has to be a part um, in every single rehab process the data that is generated is used for scouting for example so they can combine the skills of their under 15 under 17 under 19 team they can compare uh, players by position by age by gender and for some for example they can identify player who have very good visual and cognitive skills um, but their motor skill is mo maybe not that good developed. Maybe they, they are born in October, November, or December. They're just a little bit smaller. They, they're not that, not, that, not that heavy. So they have a lack of performance in their motor skill, but they are outstanding good in their visual and cognitive skills. And often within scouting, they will be kicked out just because they are physically not fit in, in comparison to an older player mm -hmm. in, in, in youth level. And then they identify, okay, this player has such a big potential, let him grow a little bit and he will make his way. Or you can identify strength and weaknesses by position. And they com can combine the data of their first team with the under nine teams team or college teams as you like. So all these data, and I mean, it's a bunch of data. data. If, you, if you consider six or seven visual skills, cognitive skills, motor skills, like speed, change of direction, contact time, all of these white balance side of sets. So there's a bunch of information. Right now we integrate, for example, pressure plates and force plates. So we integrate all of these drop jump, counter movements, squat jumps, biofeedback. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a bunch of data within one platform, within one software that leads to, yeah, more information leads to better decisions. Now, um, okay, that makes sense. But thank you for for saying that. So, what? How would you summarize what the teams and athletes like the most about the product? Just a few sentences. What do they like the most? What do they tell you typically? Why you know I like this and that? What do they tell you most of the time? It's two things: simplicity. Yeah. So you can do your assessments that they are not time consuming. They are not space consuming. So it's easy, fast, and correct in terms of yeah. medical and the point that you improve your player without adding additional load because uh, it's that's actually like uh, you, you don't find it that often so mm -hmm. if, if you go to any kind of elite team and you tell them hey we can improve your player you just have to work out two times or 30 minutes more but in the end you need to recover they will mm -hmm. all tell you hey we play we try to recover within the season. There is not that much time for, for training 
right. besides the offseason. And having a tool where they can improve their players just a little bit, then you don't need stuff. You don't need any, any consideration in terms of load management. I would say these two things, having valid, fast, reliable, easy tests for the medical department and improving the players without adding additional load. If I have to pick out two, two arguments, it would be these two. Okay. Now, which goes to my next question. So how, what would you summarize your competitive advantage, maybe to compare some other products out there? Um, that it's packed in one system. I mean, you will find a way and a kind of software or hardware for almost anything we do, you, we do. So you can you can install contact mats on the ground. I mean, mm -hmm. these products are twice as expensive as ours, uh, but you can measure how fast the player runs from A to B, or you can do your white balance testing with a with a kit, or you can put some play spots somewhere, or you can use a force deck or any kind of pressure plates or you can use devices for multiple object tracking. Um, so there's plenty of software and hardware out there, but there's not a single competitive product where that is integrated, that mm -hmm. is that easy. And if you sum up the investment for all these single things, you are at least twice or three times more expensive than, than our product. And you get all the data in one place. And because we, we capture well, we got this visual and cognitive um, software or games or exercises in com combination with movement. That's a unique approach. Because, for example, if you want to improve cognition, um, science shows 100% clear that if you use any kind of application on a tablet or on a laptop, there is no transfer to real life at all. You mm -hmm. just improve within this specific task. So if you do Sudoku, for example, it's great if you want to become a Sudoku world champion, but there's no transfer to real life or real game situations. Mm -hmm. This training has to be integrated. It has to have physical load and it has to be close in terms of stimulus of the exercise and motor function. And we are the product that mirrors that the best in the market. That is why we, we sold so many um, uh, systems within this short period of time, even though we started selling right during COVID, because we actually filled this last existing gap in, in training and um, with a scientific approach. And that's, that's, it's not this one, one advantage in terms of a competitor. We have maybe 20 competitors. They all can cover single things. Mm -hmm. But as a combined product, time-consuming or not time-consuming, not space-consuming, easy, fast, valid, reliable, we are the only product on the market so far. Okay. Now, uh, you did mention, for example, you work in soccer with uh, um, soccer teams in Germany, right? <clears throat> you also mentioned, I think, you, you're, you're part of the, um, or you're talking to the NBA Launchpad. So uh, could you summarize for me the types of teams that you guys are working with today across different sports? Um, I didn't get the question. I'm sorry. Yeah. So could you summarize the types of teams, right? Teams and leagues, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, Premier League, Bundesliga. Who are you guys working with today across different leagues? Uh, yeah. So Olympic training centers. Yeah. That's one part. Uh, German Bundesliga clubs, first yeah. league and second league, uh, Swiss Bundesliga, 
Yeah. And um, hopefully very, very soon Premier League and soccer. We're very close mm -hmm. with a few clubs. Yeah. Um, WNBA basketball. Great. Okay. Um, co colleges like uh, USC, University of Southern California. Yeah. Um, Swiss Olympic medical team. So all of the Swiss Olympic athletes are mm -hmm. uh, working with the system. Um, it's not sports, but it's the special forces military. Yeah. Um, so the elite units, they use it for, um, for their assessments or for their training. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they need to do, fa they need to get information and uh, have fast and good decision-making even in threatening surroundings. Yeah. Um, so, so military special forces, um, handball personally. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about tennis or rugby? Um, not yet. We are close to some rugby teams in, in UK. Yeah. Um, but we, we didn't have any installations there so far, but this is a pretty much logical approach. We have a actually perfect market fit for hockey, mm -hmm. but we don't have an installation so far. Yeah, um, because um, yeah, you can use it with a hockey stick. We can install it on ice or on mm -hmm. glass. We have a partner for this artificial ice, for example. Mm -hmm. um, that's a huge market fit and a fit and this is uh, one approach uh, in the US because um, we are very close to football, soccer, basketball, hockey. There's a huge, huge benefit for these teams. And you can summarize it. The more coincidence plays a role within a game, the more mm -hmm. chaotic a game is the more the ability to get this information that something changed, that something happened, the more reaction time and task switching is crucial. Yeah. If you consider rowing, for example, the market fit is less. But within any fighting or any ball game or any record game, mm -hmm. there's a huge market fit. I mean, look, exactly if, what they need. Well, if you look at the walk-up, right, in rugby in France, if you look at, for example, the game between France and, and the Springboks at Africa, when the guy caught the ball, he got the rebound going his way. I mean, it was just ridiculous. As far as far as reaction, time, and skills, right? So, but he's only one guy, right? Obviously, he's got very unique skills, but you know, I'm sure that some of those guys could benefit from something like this by improving their reaction time. Because in rugby, the ball could bounce anywhere, so you got to be able to react, right? Yeah. And so, at first, you need to see it. So if you if you don't if you get this information too late or if you don't see it at all you can't react on it. So yeah. that's that's what I mentioned with the biological order of every conscious movement. It's always the same. It's always perception, cognition, motor skill, and there's no reason and there's actually no excuse why we all focus so much on the motor skill mm -hmm. and forget about visual and cognitive skills and to do it right, not just to do something using a, an application. Just for example, there are teams measuring reaction time with their index finger so their player mm -hmm. need to run but they measure contact time on a laptop with an index finger right Th to be honest that doesn't really make sense why mm -hmm. did they do it because there hasn't been a different testing yeah. or training tool in the market we had yeah. this conversa conversation to um to one very well known maybe one of the best nba performance coaches at least the one i knew and yeah. he told me yeah we are using an application we know that cognitive skills are so much important, but there hasn't been a product around like yours where we can integrate cognitive training within movement and can measure it. 
and don't have to lay anything on the ground because we we don't want to have players who look on the on the ground or on the pitch. We don't we want to have them keep their heads up and get yeah. this information. So they do it because they know it's right. But the way they did it was was the only option they had is take the the things yeah. that have been there. Um, now we can offer these clubs uh, a different approach and something where you can really measure and help your players. I mean, we, we won't change everything. So, but we are able maybe to improve by a few percent, lowering the risk of getting injured a little bit. And at least in, in elite sports, it's always a matter of a few percentage. So we don't improve a player by 10%. But if we are able to have a small impact on their performance, a small impact on their um, uh, reducing their risk of injury and assisting their medical teams in terms of rehab and support mm -hmm. the scouting team. And um, then we, we have the influence we want to have. And that reminds me of, because uh, I, I mean, I, I knew, I mean, I've known Eddie Jones, uh, the, the former head coach for England rugby, right? National team. Then he ended up coaching uh, Australia, the Wallabies. And when I did a podcast with him, he said, Julian, I only care about that one to two percent advantage, performance advantage. If I can get that one or two percent advantage, that's big for me, for my players. So you don't need like to get to 20%, 30%, right? It's that one small yeah. difference that will allow you to win games, right? Um, yeah. So yeah. I think it's, 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 it's not about how much, you know, it doesn't have to be significant, but those small percentages can make a difference. Um, yeah. Um, hey, I wanted to ask you also about what is your business model, right? For any teams looking to uh, purchase your product, What's the pricing model? What's the business model? Uh, so there's actually, we sell hardware. Yeah. And then you have the software. To be honest, most of the teams, uh, they don't want to have a, a monthly payment. So the product is uh, 50 grand for five years. Yeah. Um, it's, um, um, and for some colleges, um, they pay um, 12K per year upfront because yeah. this is the amount they don't have to ask for. And um, so that's covered 50 all in for five years. Mm -hmm. And it's all of the software um, update, every update is, is included. Yeah. And so it's a very affordable product. And this is also our approach because elite sports is just a part of our business model. Mm -hmm. we, are, we are serving fitness, physio, schools, and we always charge the same price. So a small physiotherapy unit with four or five employees plays exactly the same amount. Because my approach is always to, to have an impact also on a social, uh, on a social side. Mm -hmm. So I got, I got serious um, injured when I was younger. So my, my elite sports career was stopped by, by a, not an injury. Like I got sick in a, in a, in a way, mm -hmm. I got bone cancer. Oh, um, okay. I always, I always want to, I always want to improve skills. That's why kids, patients, patients, and athletes. And if you consider my performance and therapy center, it was always the same. When we mm -hmm. had elite players in, and I asked my team about the status quo of these elite soccer player, they could tell me everything. They got the best documentation. Every one new, new news, everything about this player. When I ask them, what about the lady uh, with the knee or hip replacement? They said, ah, I need to have a look. Uh, documentary is not that good. So we always had a difference between elite sports rehab mm -hmm. and the, the normal sports rehab. And that right. was something I didn't like. 
And that's why I have this top-down approach. So my goal with SkillCourt is, for example, within therapy to make sure that every single patient gets the same treatment, the same assessment, like the elite players. And within the SkillCourt, smaller units can afford testing and training like elite teams are using it, like the military special forces use it. It's, mm -hmm. it's affordable for almost every kind of performance or therapy and training center. And that is why we don't charge any dollar or euro more for a lead team just because they have a little bit more budget or just because they can afford it um so um that's why the elite sports it's it's all about passion for us i mean i'm a sports addicted so um i love to work with a medical uh, surrounding and the sports surrounding mm -hmm. and it's i mean it's a it's like the, the athletes are idols um it's it's if they use it we have also an impact on kids, for example. And this is what we could observe in Europe. So the elite teams using it, they do some Insta posts and then the kids see, okay, these players are doing training on, on this on the skill court. Where can I find the next skill court? Then they are searching for a fitness club, for example. So we have a social impact by engaging kids, for example, just because yeah. elite players or elite clubs use the system. And that is my approach. I mean, I love sports, but I want to I want to create something that helps people in general and if you consider how society develops kids are spending 6 7 hours in front of screens laptops they don't move that much anymore the role forward is out of the curriculum in germany because it's too dangerous for kids mm -hmm. i mean that's we what what's happening in terms of development on a, on a cognitive and a physical side within within the youth or kids it's it's dramatic there is a huge wave approaching and coming uh, to hit us and this is something we need to deal with and this is also a huge driver uh, for me to develop this software and hardware all the time and i think the the elite sports could, could play like an idle role Mm -hmm. And I mean, the market fit is, is, is great, um, but it's, it's not all for us. So we love it, but uh, schools, physiotherapy units are as important. And that's why we don't charge that much. Because uh, if you have a product that is so much expensive that just elite uh, teams can afford it, you won't have a social impact at all. Yeah, uh, uh, That's yeah. why we, we pretty much don't charge what we could in elite sports. But on the same side, we, we got our sales also in smaller facilities, physio schools, um, facilities for disabled kids in terms of learning or mm -hmm. uh, physical and mentally disorders. And this makes us as proud as serving the WNBA or uh, major league uh, soccer teams at the same time. That's great. Uh, and all power to you guys for doing that. So. Hey, last question. What are your plans for the next 12 months? You mentioned the U.S. market. That's important. Are you guys looking to raise additional funding? Are you guys looking to build new products? What are your plans? Um, on, a, on the product development side, we are um, just adding um, force plates and force stacks yeah. um, to, to the system. So pressure plates and, and force plates. Yeah. Uh, we are adding heart rate measurement tools. Okay. That's uh, on the development side and doing return to play tests for uh, upper body extremities. Okay. So this is the plan for the next six months. This is all done. On a on a commercial side, um, 
we, we set up the US Inc. and build up the, the US and the UK market. And mm -hmm. um, on a financial side, um, it's uh, yes, probably raising the first time uh, money within mm -hmm. 12 to 18 months. We are completely bootstrapped. We are profitable from the first day on because I founded a company two, 2017. We started with a running school, which is mm -hmm. the largest running school in Europe by now. Mm -hmm. With this money, we started to develop uh, Skillcore. So by now we are bootstrapped. And um, but this topic is so huge um, that we will probably um, have a series A within the next 12 to 18 months because mm -hmm. um, um, we want to speed up a little bit more in terms of development and focus also on other countries. Right now, we focus on the German speaking countries, UK and US, but mm -hmm. we didn't address the Asian market um, um, at all. And um, this will be an approach with uh with an investing partner um but as by far it was i think the right decision because we have all the benefits of a startup so team with 50 people um like the same attitude we are all passionate we love what we do but we don't have the we don't have the downside of a regular startup so we don't have a runway where we run out of money uh, we are not just like value driven and making decisions just to increase your company value. Uh, we try to do the right things, but at a certain point you reach this, this, it's like an inner junction where you see, okay, now it's the first time we're in 12 months with a little bit more money. We really would be faster and have a bigger impact mm -hmm. at, up to this point. I think, we got a great speed and marketing approach uh, with our with our capacities, and but share some power or get additional power, get a boost in, and um, that that I think could could have a positive effect uh, within the next twelve months. And how much are you guys looking to raise for your Series A? Uh, which amount? How much? Yes, how much are you guys looking to raise? Which amount? At least five million. Okay. Uh, so the first, the, the first series A will be um, uh, not a small one with one million because we got a few million year revenue and we also got our uh, our profits so far, so seven digit profits. Yeah. Um, so uh, a reasonable amount would be between five and ten, mil uh, 10 million um, within the series A. Okay, that makes sense. Now, uh, what is the best way to reach out to you? Anybody team listening, any investors listening to the podcast, how do they get in touch with you? Um, I mean, LinkedIn is always a quite interesting account to search for my name and um, or reach out via email. And uh, maybe I will see someone at your sports and health tech summit in New York. That's right. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy to attend there. Um, and uh, yeah, I think LinkedIn email. I mean, it's. If, if you could link the, the email account like Christian at skillcourt.training. And um, I'm also happy to share my mobile number. Um, so you don't have yeah, to. I'm happy for. I've never heard anybody sharing the cell phone number, but up to you, your call. Uh, uh, right. No, no, you can just email LinkedIn. That's a, that's a good way to, to reach out to me. And okay. I will spend quite a, quite a lot of time in the US uh, by now because I take care of the US Inc. And um, that sounds yeah. really, well, great. So look, we, we are at the end of the podcast, but 
uh, great conversation and, and good luck with everything. And I'll see you guys uh, in New York. Thank you very much, Julian, to, to be able to give me the opportunity to talk about what we do, about the importance. And thank you for having me in your podcast. I'm looking forward to see you in person in New York. That sounds good. Uh, and you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To access past episodes and other research, articles, and analysis of sports technology, please visit our website, theupside.us. Subscribe to the Upside newsletter and receive full access to our sports tech business letter and website. Royalty-free music is provided by ibaudio.com. The Upside podcast provides timely insights and interviews with global leaders in sports technology. Until next time, keep looking to the Upside.